last few weeks we've been uh, working through or speaking through some of the uh, some of the themes that have come out of the prophetic word um, that came through Graham Cook. Um, uh, uh, we have a copy of it here. Um, and it was given at a conference that Jamie and uh, Rochelle attended uh, at the end of July. And um, it was something that really resonated with us. Um, and it was in particular because it was an encouragement to keep on doing what we believe God has called us to do. Um, and there's other bits to it. Um, and so what Jamie's asked us to do is um, uh, read through it, and, and I've read it through a few times, and then to speak on, certainly this time, something that jumped out at you. And as I was reading it, this whole theme of fullness sort of came out of it. There's a number of other things that, that I was uh, that sort of spoke of. This one in particular, and I thought, oh, I'd like to understand that a bit more. Uh, and hence I'm going to say a few, uh, spend a few moments looking at the whole subject of fullness. Um, now I'm just going to give you some of the, the quotes uh, from, the, uh, uh, from the prophetic word. Um, okay, so um, this is uh, these are a few um, sort of sections of, of, of the word. It says, I want my, my desire to be recognised. That is that the bodies, which is each of the churches, should grow up into fullness. And that there will be a unity of faith to the full knowledge that experience of the um, that experience of the Son of my heart. That my people will be aligned with me in the stature of the fullness of my beloved Son. Amen. Anything less than that does not please me. Just so you know, I love fullness. I adore completion. I love abundance. Fullness belongs to those who partner with me. And the next bit, and there are others, but I wish to pick out two. Glory cannot be seen in a people who are the same as everyone else. It's time for the world to see the fullness of Jesus in the face of his bride. A body that has outgrown measure and is readjusting to fullness requires a delighted people to become a disciplined army of people who can So, that is a just a couple of them, there are a number of other, it comes out a few times in, uh, in, in the prophetic word. So, the first question is, what is fullness? Well, the, the dictionary definition of fullness is, is very straightforward. It is, very, it, is, it is the state of being full. <laughs> it's the state of being full. But the, 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 the understanding of that, or the background of that, is that this fullness is a is a thing, it's not a, a moment in time. You know, you can have a glass of water, you start drinking on it, it you can be full, you start drinking from it, it's not longer full. Fullness is the continuing fullness, or something being continually full. It is a state, it is a state of being that is an experience. And so, you, you know, you can know something that's full for a time, Batteries full for time, and if you've got a phone, you know that by the end of the day it's no longer full, you have to plug it back in. So, what this, uh, what this prophetic word is going at is, is that actually we're looking for a church or looking for people um, who are displaying or experiencing fullness all the time. Amen. <laughs> okay. 
Now it's important whenever you get a prophetic word, obviously, is to go back to the word of God to make sure that what it is being said is in line with the word of God. Now, one of the key passages or key verses um, uh, on fullness relates to Jesus. And of course, a lot of what the prophetic word says is, uh, is referring to Jesus and, and, and his fullness. So, um, John 1, uh, 14 to 17 says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And out of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Out of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now, what is John saying here? Now, this is an interesting one. I, thought, I, thought, I hadn't really thought about this. Why, why does he use that term? Now, he's clearly referring to our salvation. If we're Christians this morning, if we trust in Jesus, we have known our sins taken away. We, have, uh, we are new creations. Uh, we are righteous in God's sight. We have been brought from death to life. Clearly, that is uh, part of what John is referring to. Uh, the, the, the wonderful gift of salvation that is given to all who believe. But I believe it's more than that. I think it's, um, it's, it's from John's experience of Jesus himself. See, I believe that John had in mind when he said, from his fullness we have all received. The, the time he had spent with Jesus. He was one of his disciples one of the closest disciples. And he would have spent nearly every day for three years with Jesus. He would have been with Jesus at every moment of his earthly ministry uh, and would have seen Jesus and brushed alongside him at every event that took place. He would have been with Jesus in the marvellous miracles that he performed. Uh, seeing uh, people uh, that were lame Walking, he would have seen the, the lepers being healed. He would have seen the dead coming back to life. But he would also have been with Jesus at the difficult times. When people deserted him. When he was crying by the grave of Lazarus. He would have seen him in the garden, in agony. And he would have seen him on the cross. And at all those times, he would have being close to someone who was full. Who, whatever took place in his life, whatever was going on, whether it was a good time or a bad time, he would have recognised, he would have seen something in Jesus that said, you're full, aren't you? Whatever comes out of you at the most pressured times is grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy. And there's no greater example of that than one was on the cross and he in his agony and loss and, and, and the separation from God, he was able to speak peace to the thief. Amen. You see, Jesus was continually full. He lived a life that was full. And John experienced this. He was there. He had never come across any man like this, any person like this. So whatever situation, out of him flows grace and goodness and mercy, and love. 
in the Amplified Version of John verse 16, it says this, For out of his fullness we have all received one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favour upon favour, and gift heaped upon gift. That is what John experienced with Jesus. And that is, and can be, and should be our experience of Jesus too. So that whenever we experience him, whenever we come alongside him, we will have the same experience. We won't come alongside a Jesus who is fed up with us. We won't come alongside a Jesus who is ticked off. We won't come alongside a Jesus who is grumpy. Whatever situation you're in, whatever's happened to you, if you go to Jesus, if you come alongside Jesus, you will receive from his fullness. You will come to someone who is overflowing with grace, who is overflowing with love, who is overflowing with goodness. That is the Jesus that we come to. That's what John experienced, and nothing has changed. He is in heaven now, and if you come to him, whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation, he will overflow to you with grace and mercy and love. Because he is full. He is full. He is full of his goodness and mercy and love. And so I want to encourage you, if nothing, you get nothing else from this this morning, that we come to a Jesus who is full. And whenever you come to him, whenever you come alongside him, whenever you experience him, you will experience his fullness. You will experience his grace overflowing. His love overflowing. His mercy overflowing. His goodness overflowing. Isn't it great? That's our Saviour. Isn't it wonderful? That's what he's like. That he's not grumpy. That he's not fed up. He's not ticked off. Even when we probably deserve to be. That's not what he's done. And so John had experienced this. He'd seen something and he said, that's, that's odd. That's not normal. That's not what I experienced in general people. And that's how, um, that's how we can experience Jesus. But the prophetic word talks about that type of fullness being seen in the people of God. So let's just look at the ones again. Glory cannot be seen in a people who are the same as everyone else. It's time for the world to see the fullness of Jesus in the face of his bride. Fullness is not an option. It's a necessity in a world threatened with chaos and uncertainty. I have determined that my people will no longer be the obstacles to glory. They will be seen as the solution as they experience the fullness that Jesus died to give them. Now I find that amazing. So again, we need to go back to Scripture and say, is, is, this, is this really possible? Is this what we can live like? Can we live, not only experience the fullness uh, of Jesus, which I, I, I've got every belief for it. Yeah, I, I know what Jesus is like. I know, at least I know something of it. And, and I know he's good. And I know he overflows. But can I be like that? Well, the reality is, is that we may experience something slightly different than that. Our own experience.
experience of our own lives, particularly when we go through tough situations or difficulties. I know, uh, my wife isn't here to testify to this, but um, you know, I'm sure she will tell you, that if I had a really tough day at work, it happens from time to time, and, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm putting my hand up here, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm lots of calls on my time, and I come home, I feel quite drained. And then if my wife asks me to do even a little job, she doesn't experience my fullness. She experiences my emptiness. Really? <laughs> and we can be like that. It reminds me of uh, one of my first cars uh, that I had. And uh, it was a very old car when I bought it, because I was a poor student, but I didn't have a car, so I was really thankful for that. And I remember my dad saying to me, he said, he said don't, let, don't let the petrol get too loud in the tank. I said, all right, okay, fair enough. Now, of course, as a student, you know, that's money, so uh, the last thing you want to do is fill up the petrol when it's half full. So I was going along and it was getting less and less, and then some of this poor car started just complaining bitterly. <laughs> I was just lurching, and, uh, and there was black smoke coming out of the back, and I think, oh. And the reason was, is because... On those old cars, and probably uh, very old, um, the petrol tank gets bits in, and if, you, if the tank's full, they get you know they get they're in there and they're fine. But when it's empty, they get sucked into the engine. And this this poor old car was trying to trying to uh, work on petrol plus rot, and it wasn't doing very well. It was it was complaining. And it was, you know, and if you try to put your foot down on the thing, it, you know, ask to do it more, it just didn't want to do it. And it was lurching. And I, and I can remember this. Um, it didn't last long, my poor old car. But that, that can be our experience. That we can, we can go through life and we can be affected by stuff around us. And, and we can just feel empty. And then when we brush alongside people, they instead of receiving something of fullness, they receive something of emptiness. And this isn't to bring condemnation. I, 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 and I was thinking about this as I was reading this. I was thinking, so, so, can I, can I be different? Can I be like that? Can I experience this fullness of Christ, not only from Him but in me to others? Again, we need to look back into Scripture. And what does the Bible say? Well, Colossians 2 and verse 9 10 says this For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. That's a wonderful, I've never quite seen that before. You have been brought to fullness. It's happened. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm thinking, I may not experience that, but the Bible tells me that I have been brought to fullness. And I need to decide, do I believe my experience or do I believe the Word of God? You see, we've we, we, we talked a lot about uh, recently about we are new creations. We are, we're new creations. And yes, we still do some of the old stuff. But that doesn't mean we're not new creation. It doesn't mean uh, that, that, you know, that, that truth isn't true. We're dead to sin. 
You were alive to God. That is a statement of truth. But I still sin. Doesn't mean that's not true. It just means that I haven't lived, haven't got to live in the fullness of what was already happened. And so that this verse is saying you have been given fullness in Jesus. It's happened. It happened at the cross. There is no barrier. You don't have to wait for this. You don't have to think in the future I may be full at some point. It's yours. It's yours. You have been brought to fullness in Christ. So we can have confidence. We can have confidence that this is possible. That I don't have to wait. That I can live like this. I can live a different way. But like a lot in the Christian walk, there is a process. There's a process to get there. There's a process for us to experience what God has already done for us. And, and I want to just talk briefly about how, what is that process? How do we get to that point? How do we, what do we, what do we see in Jesus? And what does the Bible say about how we get to live in this way? Well, the first one, and this is probably the most important, is in Ephesians. And this is one of my, those who know me know that Ephesians is my, well, not really my favourite book of the Bible. Uh, you know Jamie, it's Galatians. Uh, he's obviously wrong, I'm right. On that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you can't really have favourites, but I, I love Ephesians. Um, uh, but this, I love this, this prayer in uh, the Paul Brothers. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, you know, I think that is one of the best prayers you can pray for. It's a prayer you can pray for yourself. Uh, and it's simply this. Only you knew how much God loves you. If only you could experience that love for yourself. That's my prayer for you. That you would know it more and more and more. We, in our life's walk, are called, first and foremost, to experience more and more of the love of God. And that was Paul's prayer. We are called to delight in our God. We're not called, first of all, to work. We're not called, first of all, to serve God. We're called, first of all, to experience and to know and to deepen in the knowledge of the love of God. And so he is calling us as his people to say, whatever else you do, seek out my love. Experience that for yourself. And you will come into the fullness And it's those who experience and know the love of God that become fuller and fuller. And it is a process. It's a, it's a daily walk. And the wonderful thing is, is whenever, we, whenever we approach God, whenever we approach Jesus, he overflows with love. He overflows with goodness and grace, as we've talked about. And so we can know and experience of God's love and his 
goodness and his faithfulness day by day. And this is fundamental in us living out a full life, a life of fullness, is to experience that for ourselves. Now I want to say to you, it doesn't happen or other, be careful what I say here, it's not limited to a Sunday morning. I remember when I first came into the charismatic movement and uh, I came out of a church that was uh, fairly traditional, uh, didn't have a lot of exuberant worship. I mean, I, you know, I came to Christ there, so I loved it. Um, and yet there was a lack of joy, lack of experience of the love of God. And I came in here and, and it was amazing. And some of the some of the people that went there, they were very, it was a lovely place and people were very loyal to it, there was great love there. They used to go to the, uh, the Sunday morning at, at our church and then in the evening they used to go to Sidka. Sidka was a charismatic church and they used to go there for what they called a blesser. That church had started to experience something of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and freedom in worship and all this. So they, they stayed loyal to, to, to our church, but they went there in the evening because, because they just wanted to be sort of topped up. And then they, you know, they had this experience with the room and they fall down and then they used to be back and topped up again. And, and that, that's fine, that's good. And, and if your experience of coming here in the morning is to, to, to be topped up and to, to experience the presence of God, that's right, that's what we want. But actually, it can't be and shouldn't be that actually that is it for the week. That we go out here, we go into our daily lives, and, and, and we gradually leak, and then we get empty, and we have to come here for a blessing. Now, it's wonderful. Being together with God's people is And there is a uniqueness about being together. And, and we should never uh, think that we can, we can get by or we can live without this. This is God's, pe God's people being together. There is a unique presence of God here. But that doesn't mean we cannot experience fullness outside this place. We can. We can. Because we can experience the love and the presence of God wherever we are, at any moment, at any time. And God is inviting us and encouraging us. Go to me at every single moment. And, and, and when you're really busy, you're, you've got your parents half term, and you've got your kids around, what moments do you get? You don't need, it's not about, uh, you know, it's really good to get time if you can get that. And I'm sure, you know, that's really, uh, it's important that we, uh, from time to time, get extended times where we can be in the presence. But we don't need that when we're busy. We can just tap into God just where we are. On that moment, we can just say, God, I'm, I'm just tapping into you. I'm, I'm, I want to receive some of your love. It can be a momentary prayer. Uh, what I find, and I, I've read this book, is just to speak in tongues in my head for a few moments connects me with God and helps me to, to connect again with His presence and His love. And it can be a moment. Uh, and so that is there for us the whole time. We don't have to come here for that. We don't have to, to, to spend an hour uh, in His presence uh, to get that. Now, these things are really important. And so, you know, we do need those times uh, of extended in his presence uh, uh, where we can pray. But actually there are times when that's just not possible. And God knows that. But we can at all times connect with God. And so that's one of the keys. 
when you choose to be with God, is to experience his love and to be connected with him. One other I want to look at. Ephesians, again, of course. <laughs> So I won't spend much time on this, but Ephesians 4 11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So here there is, again, a talk of process. Attaining to the full measure of the fullness of God. I love the way Paul writes. Um, how <laughs> one of the things in the things he says we should we shouldn't be measuring, and then Paul says no, you can measure. You can measure this. It's all right. I don't mind you measuring this. The measure of the fullness of Christ. Yeah. How do you measure that? How do you measure the fullness of the infinite? But what Paul is saying is there's, there's an awful lot more you can experience and there's an awful lot more to know and there's an awful lot more and, and I want you to go and keep pursuing that and to keep going and keep going because the measure you've got is his fullness. Not your fullness, not the fullness of me or the fullness of Jamie. If only I could get to uh, Fiona's fullness. No, no. We can easily go beyond that. <laughs> Um, 
is that, is that and, and you know, we, we talk so much here about we're qualified, and, and that's absolutely right. And, and what we don't want people to do is to believe that because they've sinned, they're disqualified or they are uh, unworthy. Um, but what we don't want to say is sin doesn't matter. We never want to get to that point where it says it doesn't matter what you do. God loves you anyway. You see, it's like it's like a bucket. It's, it's going to be full of the presence of God, full of full of this wonderful uh, glory of God. But it's got rocks in it, and it's got rubble in it, and it's got stuff in it that just isn't good. And that's gonna that's gonna limit what God can put in, because it's got it's, instead of it being full, it's got other bits in it. And so, and so when, when, we, when we get into stuff that's not good or, or we're in, uh, we have sin in our lives, what God says is get rid of the rubble. Because I want you to experience more of my fullness. The rubble's going to stop that. It's going to get in the way. And so sin matters. It dishonors God and it prevents his fullness being seen and being experienced. So, so, and, and, and so, so in, in other parts of the Bible it says, put off this stuff. Get rid of it. Take it out of the back deal with it. Because then you'll experience more of my fullness, more of me, and that will be more what can overflow to the world. And that's what we're called to. Ultimately, that's what we're called to. Because because in the end, God wants us to receive his fullness, experience his love, experience his glory, his, his mercy, his grace, but he wants us to overflow that to the world. Lovely song we ended on. Didn't know you were going to do that, Joe. For the sake of the world. Like fire me. For the sake of the world. Make help me to experience your fullness. That's what that's what that, that's about. It's very interesting. If you if you uh, look at the way the the media depicts Christians. I, I find it funny that uh, uh, there's usually two ways. Firstly, they're often a, um, something really good. Um, now, actually, more and more, I've noticed that actually that's, that's to come out because that's sort of not allowed to be do that anymore. But what they show, and I've seen it in various programs recently, is they show religious or Christian people who are Essentially, the same as everyone else. They just tackle it from a different standpoint. They have the same hang-ups. They have the same issues going on in their life. They just tack religion on. And so they're sympathetic. They're trying to get through life with religion. We're getting through life this way. And we're all the same, really. And, and so they, they see Christians as the same as everyone else. That prophetic word, if you remember, says we must be seen as different. Beautiful. They need to see, the world needs to see people, not that have got it all together. You see, what we what we what we're mostly seeing about fullness, it isn't about turning up on a Sunday or turning up to work with a smile on your face, despite what's going on. And uh, and and then we have a competition to see who is fuller. Because the fullest person will be the one that's smiling the most. 
We must never go there because that's not what fullness is about. See, in the midst of being full, Jesus was in agony at times. He was in anguish. He wept. He was sad. He, he, was, he was troubled. They were emotions that were displayed to the world. He didn't hide them. He didn't say, I mustn't, I mustn't show to the disciples. I mustn't show any weaknesses. So actually, he invited them in so they could see in the Garden of Gethsemane his anguish. He wanted them to be with him. He needed the people there. And the fact that they saw him in agony didn't, didn't faze him, didn't worry him, didn't affect his fullness. And so being full isn't about having a plastic smile on your face. Not about that. It's about in all times experiencing the goodness of God. So that when people see you go through trials and difficulties, and, and they, they, they know you, and they can see it, and you say, you're going through a difficult time, and somehow out of you comes grace, and out of you comes love, and out of you comes, comes goodness. And you think, what's going on? And it's often in those times that the world will see us as different. When out of us, instead of the, the, the sharp word or the, or, the, or, the, you know, or the disappearing or the, or the anger or whatever it is, out of us comes grace. Amen. Out of us comes mercy and love. Amen. And that's not something we can do. Amen. It's not something, not something we, it's where we connect with God. We can do that. The Bible says we, have, we can be like this. That's not to bring condemnation to, to when that hasn't happened. We've all been there. I've been there. But actually, the Bible is holding out something, saying you can be different. You can experience this. You can have this for yourself. You can be like this. There's the last bit of this prophetic word. Oh, not the last bit. One of the bits, yeah. It says this. Everything out of your mouth will speak life mustn't think, oh, I've blown it, because actually I was a bit sharp and I said the wrong thing, I got a bit angry. We're on, we're on a program, we're on a, a journey with God. But what God wants us to know is that there is a state of fullness that we can have. We can know it now, and it's something for us to pursue. And the world will see there is a difference. The world will see
our workplace, in my family, 